Hello and welcome back to Ladies in Red and Arsenal Women's Podcast. Of course, the first episode of 2024. There's a lot to cover. Apologies for the delay in getting this episode out. It's been a very hectic start of the year for me personally, um, hence the delay on, you know, writing, recording this episode. But nevertheless, we are going to get started as quick as we can because it, you know, we have a lot to cover <laughs> from the past week and a half or so that... Um, uh, the women have been back from the winter break. So three games to cover post-break. We have our first game back in the FA Cup, which was against Watford on the 14th of Jan. Then we took on Everton on the 20th in the WSL. And our most recent game was our final game in the group stage of the Conti Cup against Reading. So plenty to talk about there. It was an absolute goal fest in most of the games. Not all of them, but most of the games. Um, but before we jump into them and look more closely... I do want to have a quick look at the transfer window because we have quite a bit to cover there. Um, some new signings, some departures, some contract extensions and yeah, plenty to discuss. So let's get straight into it, shall we? So at the back of a very successful summer transfer window, you know, there are very few positions that came into question going into this window. And of course, squad death, it, it seems to be there. We have um, a squad that's mostly fit and the injuries that we've had so far this season they haven't been too detrimental I would say I mean despite the players coming back from ACLs um we haven't touched wood picked up too many nasty injuries so far this season so squad depth squad depth is there and it was just a matter of um addressing a few problematic positions shall we call it so apart from the looming questions surrounding goalkeeper which I am going to get into in a few moments right back was probably the biggest concern for Arsenal going into this transfer window on the 6th of January it was announced that Noel uh, Maritz the Swiss right back would be joining Aston Villa on a permanent transfer Maritz had been at the club since July 2020 having joined from Wolfsburg she made over 90 appearances for Arsenal and had scored twice both goals coming in the same game against Palace in the FA Cup in 2021 so my feelings on the back of this transfer to be honest I think it was fairly inevitable that she would be leaving Arsenal she was the only fit out and out right back that we had at the club following Bean Reuter's injury um, and even then she wasn't a guaranteed starter every week with Katie McCabe often playing on that right hand side in the defence um, ahead of her so you know it is a position that was definitely needed to be strengthened given Bean Reuter still has a few months left to recover from her ACL that she picked up towards the latter end of last season um, and yeah given Maritza's lack of involvement as our out and out right back I think you know to be honest it's the best decision for both parties Arsenal can pursue another right back while Moritz is likely to get a bit more game time so of course we were wishing her all the best at Aston Villa obviously it came as no surprise then really when it was announced a few days later on January 11th that Emily Fox had signed for the Arsenal the US defender signed from North Carolina Courage on signing for the club the 25 year old said it feels amazing to have signed here when I think of Arsenal I think of excellence I think of a global organization I think of family I think of pushing the standards of football and especially in the women's game it is a huge honor to get the opportunity to represent this club and I'm excited to get started and play in front of our supporters um, this is the first time she'll be playing outside of the United States and I'm going to be completely honest and say I haven't seen that much of her but I will definitely look at her performances since she's come to the club and particularly her debut performance in the FA Cup tie against Watford but you know it's a great great signing Um 
I was really impressed with how quickly everything was sorted out. So obviously they they'd been pursuing her for a little bit for a while. Um, and yeah, I think it's phenomenal that she's come straight in and is making that right back position her. Aside from permanent transfers, Katrina Kuhl joined Everton on loan for the remainder of the season. She came to Arsenal last year in the winter transfer, actually. And since then, she has scored one goal in her 24 appearances for the club. Uh, again, great move for both parties. Last season, she was called on more due to long-term injuries in our midfield. But this season, she hasn't really had a chance to shine. She's been good when she's come on, but I think... You know, she's competing against the likes of Pilova, who's really made that position her own. Kim Little is also now back from injury. It, it's tough for her to get in. And I think, you know, at 20 years of age, she certainly has a very bright and exciting future ahead of her. So joining WSL side Everton should lead to more game time, which will be valuable when she returns to North London next season. Um, another loan deal that is probably worth mentioning is our goalkeeper, Kaylin Marquise, who joined Bristol City at the start of the season. She has indeed returned to Arsenal after picking up an ACL injury um, in November in a Bristol game versus Villa. Devastating news for her. And of course, we wish her a speedy recovery. I think it's great she can return to a club that is unfortunately so familiar with ACL injuries at this stage, but she will be surrounded by some really, really great people. And um, yeah, I fully understand that. And I'm sure every, like everyone is wishing her a very, very quick recovery from that. Prior to this transfer window, there'd also been a lot of speculation regarding Gio. Her full name is Giovanna Quieros. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. That was a very Spanish pronunciation of a Brazilian name. I'm so sorry. Uh, she's been at Arsenal since September 2022. She was immediately loaned out to Everton for the 22-23 season, but was recalled in January probably due to the huge number of injuries that we had. Despite being recalled, she featured infrequently for the Gunners and was meant to go on another loan at the start of this season, but that fell through at the last moment. She was unable to be registered for the Arsenal squad, squad, squad <laughs> which was already at full capacity at the time. Um, there had been talk about her joining, you know, calls for her to get game time because she's a pretty promising looking young player, 21 years of age. We haven't really seen much of her for Arsenal, but a lot of you know, she seems to always be around the squad. She seems to be a great character. So a lot of people want the best for her. Uh, I did think maybe loaning out Cool would give us the opportunity to register Gio in our squad for the remainder of the season. In the Everton pre-match interview, Adeval said she needs game time. That's really important for her to develop and take next steps. So that's definitely the plan. Um, however, yesterday it was announced that she would be joining Liga F side Madrid CFF on loan for the remainder of the 23-24 season. So of course we are wishing her nothing but the best there. And hopefully she can get some well-deserved game time because it must be very, very frustrating as a player to, you know, when you're fit and you're dying for game time not to be able to play just because of some admin issues shall be called in that at the start of the season so delighted for her and hopefully we get to see her shine for Madrid in that same interview pre-Everton um Jonas Eideveld quashed the rumors that defensive midfielder Leo Valti would be joining Real Madrid the Swiss captain was allegedly looking for a new challenge but according to the boss he said I think that is a problem with rumors when there is no direct reliable source you can't really do much with them Leo Valti potentially leaving rumor definitely falls into the category of being with no truth whatsoever and she is a player that we are very happy with this month she also picked up the award for swiss footballer of the year alongside 
ex-Arsenal player Granit Xhaka. It is her second time to receive this honour and even at this event she admitted there was little truth in in her seeking a move away from North London. So obviously great news. I think she's playing probably the best football that I've seen her play in a long time. Um, we don't really have another player like her as a defensive midfielder. Obviously, Cooney Cross has come in. She can't play that role, but she lacks the experience that Leah Valti has. So delighted to hear that she is staying on with Arsenal. Um, another player who has announced that she wants to spend the rest of her, not the rest of her career, but the next few years at Arsenal is Manuela Zinsberger, who signed a contract on the 19th of January, extending her stay in North London. The Arsenal number one has had a difficult start to the season, let's not lie. Uh, but she's committed her future to the club. So what does that mean for Arsenal? Well, it looks unlikely that another goalkeeper will be coming in anytime soon. Um, Mary Earps had, of course, been linked and Arsenal even submitted a world record bid for the player whose contract is up at the end of the season with United uh, last summer. But yeah, look, I think if you re-sign your number one goalkeeper, it's unlikely that you'd be getting the likes of Earps in. Uh, Roebuck also... Her future at Manchester City looks unclear. A few links there, but um, yeah, it looks like we're going to be going forward with Zinsberger. Like I mentioned, it's been a very tough season for her. She's come under criticism many, many times from fans and even some pundits this season. Um, one thing worth mentioning is obviously there was uncertainty regarding her future with the links to Erps, the United keeper. Um, and I think it's tough. She she wasn't in the World Cup this summer you know, she, she wasn't really in the best of confidence, shall we say. Another thing that's definitely worth considering is the front, uh, the back four in front of her, excuse me. They have been chopping and changing quite a lot this season. There hasn't really been a lot of fluidity in, okay, who was our starting back four? Um, they've also made errors throughout the season. And I think a lot of the time she's taken quite the brunt of the blame. So, you know, despite that, during her, the course of uh, her time at the club, she's managed to keep 49 clean sheets in 113 games, which is a very, very impressive stat. We cannot forget how good she is when she has that confidence. And I think signing that contract, being given the belief that the club has shown her, it should be enough to help her to, to find the confidence within herself to perform at that level again. And hopefully with the likes of Leah Williamson coming back from injury, um, a slightly more stabilised back four in front of her, we should be able to, you know, get the best out of her again. And hopefully the the talk, the, the rumours surrounding, you know, who's going to be Arsenal's number one, hopefully that dies down and she can focus on getting back to her best. So, yeah, happy enough with that. I think um, I have to be completely honest and say, you know, Mary Earps would have been a great player at the club, but it looks as though she is going to go to PSG in the summer if United are unable to um, get her to resign. So, you know, is there many other goalkeepers who are better than Zinsberger on her day when she's in that form, when she's in that good run? I don't think so, but um, yeah. That's the big updates there. Of course, we have a few more days in the transfer window. I don't really see much else happening. Um, you know, like I said, the squad depth is there. We are still competing in three competitions. We obviously don't have any European football this season. Yeah, I, I, I can't really see anybody else coming in and be else going. So I think overall, you'd have to be happy with that window. I think we addressed positions or yeah we dress positions in the squad that maybe were a bit weaker you know goalkeeper and um right back I and mean, how do we address them okay we've we've 
solidified our number one. We've also got in a new right back and yeah, players who needed loan spells, they've been sent out in loan spells. So yeah, overall I rate it pretty highly. I think it's it's great for both the players and the club overall. I think, you know, eight out of ten, nine out of ten. That would be my personal opinion on it. Um but of course if anything happens in the reigning few days, I will cover that on the next podcast. So let's jump into those three games that took place, the first of which after the winter break and the first game in the FA Cup this season for Arsenal was against Watford on the 14th of January, uh, round four of the competition. Currently, Watford's at bottom of the Women's Championship, the second tier of women's football in England. But of course, as we've seen in the Conti Cup and numerous times so far this season, no team can be underestimated. Um, quick run through through the team. I thought it was quite strong. Zinsberger and goal. Uh, Emily Fox got her debut at right back. Illestad and Moy as a centre back pairing. McCabe captain on the left hand side. Catley was not included in the match day squad. Valti Pelova midfield with Mead and kind of playing in that ten role. Mead on the right, Ford on the left, and Russo playing up top. So, like the men's team had done in their FA Cup tie, the women wore the all white kit to support the No More Red campaign. This campaign seeks to keep young people safe from life crimes and provide safe spaces for, excuse me, from youth violence. So, you know, really great initiative. We haven't had the best of luck in that jersey, though. The men's team certainly hasn't. So I was a little bit apprehensive about that. But let's be real. Um, Once the game got underway, it was fairly comprehensive for Arsenal. Rusa found the back of the net in the sixth minute. Pelova's shot from the edge of the area was straight at their keeper. She spilled it into the path of Russo, who fired it quite impressively from a rather tight angle into the back of the net. Uh, it did seem like it was going to be a very long day for Watford, uh, conceding a goal so early on. The second goal came from a very smartly taken corner in the 12th minute. McCabe played it short to Meath. Uh, she picked out Pelova on the edge of the box, but the Dutch midfielder let it run through her legs to Leavalti, who had all the time and the space in the world to place her shot and, of course, scored. After that, there were a flurry of chances that we did not convert. I'm not going to go through them all, otherwise we will be here all day. But we did lead at halftime 2-0 and started the second half in the same very dominant manner. Overall, I think Watford actually defended really, really well. Their keeper in particular, I thought she played very well. She made some really, really big saves, which was quite impressive. Um, But then from the 64th minute, we brought on four substitutes pretty quickly. Miedema, Ford, Russo and Valti made way for Manum, Lacasse, Blackstinius and Cooney Cross. With her first touch of the game in the 66th minute, Blackstinius slotted home a lovely pass that went through the legs of Mead, cementing Arsenal's progression into the next round. Wasn't all smooth sailing for Arsenal, however. They conceded in the 77th minute. The goal came from some complacent passing around our own area, but I have to admit some very good pressing from Watford. Michelle Aguimag, uh, the Arsenal only who joined Watford this season on loan, scored, and at 17 years of age, she's showing huge potential. She looks really, really good. It did take the sting out of conceding a bit that it was an Arsenal only, but of course a clean sheet would have been nice, particularly off the back of such a dominant performance. We're going to look at the stats in just a second, but to make up for it, Arsenal went on to score twice before the game finished. So the fourth goal came in the 86th minute from an Illestad header, who else, you know, uh, the queen of the headers. Manum also got her name on the score. She capitalising on a poor clearance and sending the ball low into the bottom of the corner to seal the victory in the 89th minute. So overall, game finished 5-1. 
yeah, overall, super dominant performance. I mean, if we look at the stats, Arsenal had 26 shots on target compared to Watford's two. We had 11 shots on target. They only had the one, which, of course, they converted from. We enjoyed 64% of possession and they had 36%. Um, Look, it's positive, obviously, but there is two things that would lead to concern. One would be the lack of clean sheet. I mean, with all due respect to Watford, they did play well. But, you know, if you're conceding that one shot on target, it's really difficult to take after such a dominant performance. Again, I actually don't think Zinsberger was at fault here. I think it was complacency from the keeper, uh, from the from the defenders, excuse me. Palova didn't really check her shoulder um, when she received the ball, which led to the goal, obviously. Um, disappointing to concede. But another issue is, you know, despite scoring five goals, there was a lot of wasted chances. There was an awful lot of wasted chances. And if you're up against with all due respect, slightly tougher, more disciplined opponents. Um, you need to take every chance you get. You know, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, we were able to capitalise on it today. But overall, you know, if you're going up against the likes of Man City, which we are in the next round of the FA Cup, really tough draw, we're going to have to take those chances that we get. So just to, to focus on our next draw in the FA Cup, like I said, it's going to be against Manchester City. A really tough draw. Um, but as I saw mentioned on Twitter, to win the FA Cup, you do have to face competitors like City and Chelsea at some stage. So it doesn't really matter when it is. Let's do it when our team is fit, when we're in good form. Um, and overall, yeah, just one more thing I would say is Emily Fox was super impressed by her performance. Um, she looked yeah as in as if she'd slotted right in so overall good day for the arsenal a few concerns but i think they're concerns that we generally have from from their games so we'll take it as a positive we'll take it as a positive into the next round of the fa cup and of course a tough draw there so it was a pretty similar story to what we experienced against Watford. We had 61% of possession and Everton had 39%. We had six shots on target compared to their one, which obviously they scored from. Seven shots off target and they had two. So like, it's just really frustrating seeing Arsenal waste so many chances, not being able to take them. There was some really, really good attempts, especially in the first half. Um, you know, one that stands out would be... Um, from Russo it was a great ball in from Emily Fox who almost had her first Arsenal assist but it went slightly wide a few attempts that hit the crossbar as well it's just really really frustrating and especially games like this you know where you think okay obviously we came away with the three points but when we look at the league table which we're going to do in a second you'll see how important it is to capitalize on the the chances that we have because goal difference could at the end of the day be what cost us a title so yeah, it's frustrating. It's really, really annoying because when you look at the team on paper, they're so good and everything works, everything clicks except converting those chances. And really, it's going to come down to being a bit more clinical, being a bit more savage, I guess, in front of goals, taking those chances that were given because it's not a lack of quality, rather a lack of being able to convert the chances that we have throughout games that's kind of costing us at the moment I would say so let's have a look at the other results from the week obviously we finished the game with three points um other games that went on this weekend uh Leicester lost to Aston Villa they won that game 1-0 Chelsea women bet Manchester United women which is probably the biggest um game of the weekend they won that game 3-1 Brighton were able to edge Bristol City 3-2 that game finished again Bristol City they're thereabouts they're just losing games by tiny tiny margins but that is uh 
you know, it's what's costing them at the moment. Manchester City bet Liverpool by whopping five goals to one. And the game against uh, the game between West Ham and Spurs was a goal fest. Spurs did win 4-3 in the end. But let's turn our attention to the table. Like I mentioned, Chelsea following their win, still sit atop with 28 points. City are in second place, 25. Arsenal in third place, 25 also, but the goal difference is what differs there. Manchester City are in fourth position with 18 points. They are level on points with Liverpool and Spurs. Um, Yeah, slightly disappointing from them, I would say. Um, Three-horse race now, perhaps. Look, I mean, it's not massive goal difference, but they they do sit 10 points behind Chelsea, which is... Yeah, it's going to be tough ground for them to make up to to contest for those top three positions to get European football next year. Seventh place, we have Aston Villa, who shot up uh, with 12 points. Eighth, Brighton with 11. Ninth, Everton also with 11. Tenth place, Leicester with 10 points. And then right down the bottom, we have West Ham on five points, who only are saved from relegation by goal difference with Bristol sitting at 12th in that rele- relegation zone, also with five points. So... Yeah, I mean, the table, I think the most interesting thing there is really seeing how important those goal differences are. There's so many teams that are on, you know, level points. And for Arsenal, we really need to be converting the chance we get when we're, if we're going up against the likes of City, who are able to put five past Liverpool, you know, that was a team that we struggled to beat, we we didn't beat at home. Um, Yeah, we're going to have to start converting those chances if we want to finish second or if we want to go and challenge four. So, um, other news in the WSL. Well, obviously, we have to talk about the terrible news coming out of Chelsea that Sam Kerr has picked up an ACL injury during training. Absolutely devastating news. You wouldn't wish it on anyone. And yeah, I mean, obviously, she's she's a tough opponent to go up against. She's an incredible footballer. But it's just devastating, particularly in Emma Hayes' last season you know, not as a Chelsea fan saying this, but as a football fan, they've won so much together. And it's really disappointing. But good news is she has extended her contract at Chelsea. We will continue to see her in the WSL. Whether that's good or not, you can decide. But she does make the league very, very entertaining. Just a quick look ahead to what's to come in the WSL. We take on Liverpool this weekend away from home. Surely that'll be the grudge match (laughs) to get back at them taking those three points off us at the start of the season. Um, And then on the 4th of Feb, we take on West Ham. Both games are away. (sighs) Liverpool's going to be a tough game for sure. They're, They're firing on all cylinders. But like I said, we have a team now that is a lot more um, cohesive, shall I say. They've played together a lot more looking good creating chances we should be able to come away from that from that game with three points um and hopefully that loss at the start of the season inspires the players spurs them on to really go for it and convert every chance that we get west ham of course lower down in the league but we cannot take that for granted we have to go out and really it's a matter of if we want to continue to compete City and Chelsea, we have to win every single game from here on out that we play. We've already had two losses in the league, not ideal. So yeah, consistency is going to be key. So getting on to our final game to cover, this was also our final game in the Conti Cup group stage. We went up against championship side Reading. Um, going into the game, we were at the top of the group while Reading were at the bottom. So, you know, there was a lot of rotation for this game in the FA Cup you know, even though we were playing against Watford, 
it was our first game back after the break. So I think that was really the reason why we feel it's such a strong team. And yeah, like I said, the, the uh, excuse me, the Conti Cup, it was fairly certain that, you know, if we won the game, we were going to go on and win the group. And um, yeah, I mean, the team was still very impressive. D'Angelo and goal, Katie McCabe at right back, Beatty Kodina as a centre-back pairing, so a bit of change up there. Catley came back in at left-back. We had Cooney Cross, Manum and Palova in that midfield. Lacasse on the right, Ford on the left, and Blackstinius up front. So yeah, the breakthrough came in the 23rd minute. Manum passed Fen Ford on the turn, running between the lines, and it was cool and composed finish. It was Ford second in as many games. In the 34th minute, Blackstinia slotted home the second of the night from a powerful pass across the box from Catley. Really great play from the centre forward. She doubled her goal tally only 10 minutes later, assisted by Cooney Cross. Taking leaf out of Illerstadt's book, our other summer centre-back signing, Leah Codina, scored her first Arsenal goal in the 51st minute from a very well-taken corner. Her delight was infectious and it's so great to see a player so animated when they score, um, particularly when they're scoring their first goal for Arsenal. And despite being 4-0 up and cruising to a victory, the highlight of this game for so, so many was, of course, the return of England centre-back Leah Williamson. She made her first appearance for Arsenal this season after rupturing her ACL 280 days ago. Despite playing away from home, she received a phenomenal reception when she came on. We were roaring again only a few minutes later in the 80th minute when Williamson picked out Mead exceptionally with a long ball over the top from her own half. Mead took the first time on the volley, scoring what was undoubtedly the goal of the night. Yeah, it just reminded us how much we missed last season with these two key players out for so long. It was a bit of a fairy tale return and, you know, he felt it couldn't go any better. Um, another important milestone was reached on the night, of course, and that has to be mentioned. That was Kim Little, club captain, making her 300th appearance for Arsenal. Little joined Arsenal in 2008 at the age of 17. And although she's played for various clubs in the meantime, she returned to Arsenal in 2017. As club captain and pioneer of women's football, her importance and experience in the squad is evident when she isn't playing. You really do miss, you know, her... She just has this vision and she's always able to carry out what she wants to do. It's an incredible achievement, of course, despite often facing long periods out and having played at other clubs in her career. Phenomenal that she's back from injury, first of all, and second of all, that um, you know, she might she might beat the all-time record holder for 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 Arsenal women. Who knows? And finally to top the night off in the 80s. Fourth minute it was, Blackstinia scored her third of the night, pouncing on a back pass from a defender to the goalkeeper and finishing it very coolly. She had many, many opportunities in the second half. Again, I think this is the story of all three all three games that we looked at. Um, but main thing is she was finally able to take one and convert it. So yeah, Arsenal are now through to the quarterfinals. The five League Cup group winners, so that includes Arsenal, um, go through to the quarterfinals alongside the best two runners up. Chelsea, who entered the tournament at the knockout stage because of their Champions League involvement, will also be coming in. So once we have the draw there, we will know, okay, who are we playing against? How's it looking? Yeah, overall, I think three games, three wins, um, some very convincing wins as well, okay, against championship sides in the cup, but nonetheless. Um we're really into crunch time now at this end of the season. 
Chelsea, City, probably our biggest competitors in all competitions that we're that we're still in. Um, as we mentioned, Sam Kerr out with ACL injury. Also, it's come out that Daniela, and although she's played for various clubs in the meantime, she returned to Arsenal in 2017 as club captain and pioneer of women's football. Her importance and experience in the squad is evident when she isn't playing. You really do miss, you know, her she just has this vision and she's always able to carry out what she wants to do. It's an incredible achievement, of course, despite often facing long periods out and having played at other clubs in her career. Phenomenal that she's back from injury, first of all, and second of all, that, um, you know, she might, she might beat the all time record holder for, 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 for Arsenal women, who knows? And finally to top the night off in the 80s, fourth minute it was Blackstone scored her third of the night pouncing on a back pass from a defender to the goalkeeper and finishing it very coolly she had many many opportunities in the second half again I think this is the story of all three all three games that we looked at um but main thing is she was finally able to take one and convert it so yeah Arsenal are now through to the quarterfinals the five league cup group winners so that includes Arsenal um go through to the quarterfinals alongside the best two runners up Chelsea who entered the tournament at the knockout stage because of their Champions League involvement will also be coming in so once we have the draw there we will know okay who are we playing against how's it looking yeah overall I think three games three wins um some very convincing wins as well okay against championship sides in the cup but nonetheless um we're really into crunch time now at this end of the season. Chelsea, City, probably our biggest competitors in all competitions that we're that we're still in. Um, as we mentioned, Sam Kerr out with ACL injury. Also, it's come out that Daniela, 